money, markets, investments. That's it. Get ready for insights, opinions, and discussions you will not hear at your local bank, on mainstream business television, or from Ivory Tower Advisors. My name is Adrian Harsimiu, and I am the Recovering Bankster. Hello, it's time for more Bankster Blitzing through disruptions of the Ivory Tower narrative on money, markets, and investment matters. As usual, I'm your host, Adrian, launching the offense from deep within a frigid prairie land of Canada. For today's episode, I'm going to do some sleuthing to bring forth an irrefutable case of banksterism that cannot be ignored, especially for anyone who values fortifying and growing their wealth as Main Street investors. By now, it should come as no surprise that I advocate for the financial well-being of the little guys and do what I can to expose the ridiculously slanted playing field to you so you can know what you're up against. As such, I'm going to dig deeper today into the recent Reddit versus Wall Street battle over such stocks as GameStop, BlackBerry, and AMC Entertainment. While I'm sure there is still astronomical information buried deep into this story, let's dig just a foot or two into the surface for today. Of late, retail investors and traders, such as those assembled on the Reddit front, have been empowered in their financial endeavors by platforms such as Robinhood, which do not charge retail customers any trading commission. That's right, zero commission on trades. At a cost of zero, it would appear the investment and trading landscape is becoming that much more accessible to the average household. And let's not forget that in naming their platform Robinhood, it was somewhat ingenious in that they took on a brand that easily is identifiable with the notion of taking from the rich and giving to the poor. All the more reason for the average trader to feel he finally has a shot in the big leagues. But how can a platform like Robinhood run a business with zero revenue? Is it a not-for-profit venture? <laughs> Hardly. Dig another foot deeper. What do you find? And mind you, it doesn't take much effort to find this, but those without bankster badges don't have much obvious incentive to go looking for it, or so they would think. They're the usual revenue generators for a fintech such as Robinhood. They have their fee-for-service subscription, which is open to anyone who wants to add levels of service over and above what uh, is provided at the free level. So if you want more market information, they charge for it, which is fine. Robinhood also allows uh, clients to invest on margin. So Robinhood is able to earn interest from the funds lent out to investors. According to some quick research, they presently charge 5% annually on any amount borrowed over $1,000. They also invest some of their own cash on hand, giving them access to investment income. There's also uh, interchange fees, which they earn from MasterCard debit card they offer to investors, who can access their funds through the card. But here's the big one. Are you listening? Okay, another segment of the revenue is from what's called payment for order flow. When orders are placed on platforms such as Robinhood, the trades are sent to market makers who process the orders 
and then pay the platform such as Robinhood a small fee. In essence, it's a sort of referral fee, if you will. You know, a thank you for sending trading business our way payment. In Robinhood's case, some of the market makers they send deals to are Citadel and Two Sigma. And this is where things get interesting. One of the hedge funds decimated by the GameStop short squeeze was Melvin Capital Management. Do you want to venture a guess who bailed Melvin out? Now some of you may already know because this isn't information that's difficult to find. Yet I bring it forth here as I continue to amass information and proof that banksters don't care about you. If nothing else, this podcast will be a historical repository of the piling up proof of just that. Anyways, the answer here is that Melvin was bailed out by Citadel to a tune of $2 billion. Yes, that's right. That's the same Citadel that pays Robinhood to bring trading deals to them, Citadel. That puts Citadel, whether by design or not, right square in the middle between the two warring factions. Interesting, to say the least. But think about it. In very simple terms, Citadel now has to make a decision. Let the Reddit crowd continue crushing hedge funds, one of which Citadel dumped a couple of billion dollars into, or quash the Main Street Reddit crusade to protect their own investment. But of course, don't forget, Citadel pays money to Robinhood to flow those same GameStop trades through Citadel. Sure, there's the very valid argument that Citadel was willing to pay the flow fees because they were harvesting infinitely more valuable information. Information they, Citadel, turned around and profited from with their own high-frequency trading algorithms. Let's not fool ourselves. Banksters never pay for nothing. But there comes a point where a $2 billion investment is more valuable than the worth of that information. And call it a bailout if you want, but it was an investment because, again, banksters don't just throw out that sum of money for nothing. And so, while Robinhood may insist that their restrictions and clampdown on trades of stocks such as GameStop was motivated only thanks to escalating regulatory capital requirements, it's difficult not to imagine that a high-level Citadelian picked up the phone and called Robin of Loxley or Little John and strongly suggested the quashing of any further buy orders on those stocks. Now, I'm sure uh, Citadel offered to continue to keep flowing the trades, but would it be a stretch to think that they informed Robinhood that no further deal flow fees would be paid? In such a case, Robinhood was left with a little choice. But this fantastic story doesn't end there. <laughs> no, 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 of course. It must get more convoluted to confuse and discourage more and more people from digging too deep. Naturally, Redditors were not happy with this development, regardless of the true reasoning behind Robinhood's antics. At this point, there was blood in the water. Robinhood could have easily pointed at Citadel and directed the blame to Citadel but they quickly realized the corner that they, Robinhood, had backed themselves into was getting tighter and tighter. Enter Ben Bernanke. Remember him? Helicopter Ben? Chairman of the U.S. Federal Reserve, more affectionately named the Fed, from 2006 to 2014? 
Yeah, him. I'm sure it's a complete pure coincidence that he's a senior advisor at Citadel. Nothing to see here, right? Then you won't mind me saying it's a tad curious that his successor as Fed Chair, Janet Yellen, is now the Secretary of Treasury of the United States. The same Treasury Department, which, by its own hand on its website, proclaims as its role, quote, to maintain a strong economy and create economic and job opportunities by promoting the conditions that enable economic growth and stability at home and abroad, strengthen national security by combating threats and protecting the integrity of the financial system, and manage the U.S. government's finances and resources effectively, end quote. <laughs> oh, and let's not forget, as evidenced in uh, episode 24 of The Recovering Bankster, in 2020 alone, Citadel paid the future Secretary of Treasury nearly $1 million in speaking fees for appearances she made on a number of their online events. Yet again, I'm sure this is pure coincidence, right? Full circle now back to Robin Hood, who quickly realized that the Citadelian on the phone threatening to cut off order flow fees also likely had Miss Yellen on the other line. Is it a stretch to think Citadel might be calling in a favor with the beneficiary of nearly $1 million in speaking fees? Perhaps Citadel was, you know, gently requesting Miss Yellen, quote, protect the integrity of the financial system, end quote. And maybe, just maybe, Citadel's own senior advisor, Ben, also had uncovered some, oh, you know, interesting information about Robinhood, which his friend at the Treasury might find of interest. True or not, the mere word of an investigation could be devastating to a fintech hoping to cash in with an IPO later in the year. Naturally, Miss Yellen is expected to officially and loudly proclaim her uh, disdain for what happened to the little guy Reddit investors, all the while making the problem disappear into the bankster rabbit hole. To paraphrase the character Willie Banks from Ocean's 13 with a comment I made in a previous episode, Banksters don't lose. People who bet against banksters lose, and they lose big. But banksters do, uh, don't lose. Of course, this isn't to say that I think this is right. I have a strong belief there will come a day of reckoning when banksters are dealt a devastating financial blow. And I myself look forward to being on the front lines of that deliverance. Now, you might be feeling lost in all that barrage of piling evidence. Don't worry, as relatively simple as these arguments and facts actually are, they still are confusing to most people. By my estimation, this is purposely done by the bankster class as a means to discourage us petty peons from trying to understand the shadiness involved, and instead, oh, you know, just shake our heads, wave our hand with uh, whatever, and move along with our lives. But we know differently, don't we, dear friends? The first course of action is to continue building our understanding of the truths in money, markets, and investments. We cannot take uh, what we're fed by most of the media as 100% fact. There are forces at play we likely can't yet fathom. But it's also why you listen to this podcast, to get your dose of outrageous money, markets, and investment news so that you can be more in the know and see through the piles of BS. And for that reason, you should be sharing this podcast with others. 
Next, we must take more of our financial future into our own hands. That's not to say we must become learned in every aspect of money, markets, and investments. Instead, we need to more carefully vet the professionals we entrust with helping us secure and empower our wealth. And take note and scrutinize with a grain of salt what even billionaire do-gooders are pu uh, putting out there. For example, according to Barron's, billionaire Mark Cuban of Dallas Mavericks and Shark Tank fame, quote, wrote that Robinhood let you down in a big way, and he suggested that traders find a broker with trillions of dollars in assets on their balance sheet, end quote. Sure, Mark. In other words, find the very same firms involved in the highest echelons of Banksterville who care only about their own bloated financial pockets? <laughs> yeah, that'll do a whole bunch of good. Sorry, Mark, but with that sort of attitude, I wonder why he invests in any companies that enter the shark tank. Not one of those has trillions of dollars of assets on their balance sheet, and yet there's Mr. Mark doling out money to companies he expects to be the next big thing. But again, let's not fool ourselves. In selecting a broker or advisor or any financial professional or institution, we too are sort of in the shark tank investing our own money and future. Lastly, don't be afraid to do some of your own research. Yes, what you find might be uncomfortable, but if your family's wealth is of any concern to you, this is a case where ignorance is most definitely not bliss. But then again, these are mere rantings and ravings of a recovering bankster. What do I know? Until next time, remember, be better, invest in your future, keep your integrity, and see you at the pinnacle. And now for the obvious but necessary disclaimer and reminder. This podcast is for informational purposes only and shall not be construed to constitute any form of investment advice. The views expressed are those of the host and or guest where applicable. Adrian Harasimu is a registered investment advisor with Align Capital Partners Inc. ACPI and the opinions expressed may not necessarily be those of ACPI. Adrian Harasimi also provides financial planning and insurance services and products through Atlas Galahad Eurocorp or Age. As such, depending on the product offered, Adrian may be representing different entities. Adrian will disclose the entity being represented. Information has been compiled from publicly available sources believed to be reliable, and all opinions expressed are as of the date of this podcast episode and subject to change without notice. The information is prepared for general circulation and has been prepared without regard to the individual financial circumstances and objectives of persons who receive it. You should not act or rely on the information without seeking the advice of the appropriate professional. The information contained does not constitute an offer or solicitation to buy or sell any security, investment fund, product or service content may not be reproduced without the expressed written consent of Adrian Harsini. Thank you for listening to today's episode.